Well, what's up, everybody? How you doing, City Hills? I'm a little bit excited today, if you can't tell. It is Welcome to Big Announcement Sunday. Are you glad to be here? Come on. Hey, join me in welcoming all of our guests that are here today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on a cold, rainy day. But we are starting a series called Miracle in Motion, and I'm going to tell you the announcement in just a little bit. So uh, hold on, hold on. I, I, you know, we may talk about next week. I don't know. No, just joking. Just joking. I would like have a revolt. Like people would hurt me if I didn't tell what was going on. So grab your Bible, open up to Numbers chapter 13, and I want to read this passage of Scripture. And then I just really felt like it's really uh, it described well what God is doing in the life of of our church. We are calling this series a miracle in motion because that's exactly how what God wants to do in our lives. Do you know God wants to do a miracle in your life? He's still in the miracle working business. Uh, he, he wants to do something above and beyond your imagination. But I think sometimes when we think about miracles, uh, we, we think that's like, that's like all God, right? And what I want to share with you through this series is God, the miracles that God often does in our lives, they're motion activated. Like we have a part to play in the process. Like the, our motion opens the doors for the miracle working power of God. Uh, my family and I, we moved here from uh, the Orlando, Florida area uh, a little over four years ago to plant this church. And uh, the church that I served at in Orlando had a Walmart right next to it, just across across the road, and it was a main thoroughfare in the, in, in the city there. And um, we we uh, were watching the news one night, and it was told that the neighborhood Walmart by us had a alligator go in the Walmart. Um, actually in the Walmart because whenever it walked up to the Walmart, it walked to the motion-activated doors and the motion-activated doors. How would you like to be shopping at Walmart and have an alligator? But, but the point was is that the motion activated the open door. And many times in our lives, I think we think, okay, God, I'm going to sit and you're going to open the door. And God says, no, I'll open doors for you if, you if you step into it. So that's what we're talking about, stepping into the open doors that God has for our lives. We're kicking off a series called Miracle in Motion, and we're going to look at a time in Israel's history where they had a miracle in motion too. Um, we see it in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. God's about to give them a new land. God has future plans for their lives, and he says to Moses, hey, I want you to get some people to spy it out. He says, I have something greater for your life than what you've ever experienced, better than your slavery, better than your poverty, a land of possibility, promise, a land where you can pioneer uh, where you can have a home, a land that you can occupy. You see, these people that we're going to look at in Numbers chapter 13 had spent a lifetime not in freedom but in slavery. They had a slavery mindset, and God was trying to take them to a land of freedom. Do you know that's exactly what God wants to do in all of our lives? He wants to take us from places of slavery and bondage to a place of freedom in God. Like there is a Canaan's land, if you will. That's what the land was called, the land of promise. It was called Canaan's land. And God wanted to do that in their lives. And here's what Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 says. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Could you say that word? Giving. God didn't, doesn't say, I may give it, I might give it. He says, I'm giving it to the Israelites. So in other words, God says, I'm doing something great. And I'm inviting you into the miracle. That's, that's what God's doing. And he tells them, I want you to take one person from every tribe, and I want you to have them spy it out. So, like, find 007. 
like the James Bonds of the Israelite tribes, you know, the spies, right? It's third service. I'm having a good time up here, okay? <laughs> but 12 spies that came together to look at the land they did not yet possess. Do you know there are times in our lives where God invites us to look at something we do not yet possess? Why did he do that? Why didn't he just say, hey, it's yours. I'm giving it to you. Go take it. It's already done. But rather, he invites them into the process. Because could it be that God was wanting to do something not just through them, but in them? He was trying to take a nation of slaves and turn them into a nation of visionaries. Because the future that he had for them was going to, it was a future of pioneering. It was a future that would come great kings and priests and people like David that would come, the Messiah himself, Jesus Christ, would come from this people that had a slave mentality, but before they could possess the promise, they had to get Egypt out of them. They had to get that Egypt mentality out of them, and they had to start seeing the situation and seeing God for who he was and what the reality of the, uh, of the promise was like in their lives. So God invited them to look at it, spy it out, and to tell him what they saw. And here's what happened. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. Those they went and they looked. They looked at the land. And here's what they said. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And they reported to them and the whole assembly. So here they are set up. Everybody's waiting with bated breath to, to, to hear what they have to see. So, so not only is God interested in what you see about your future, you're perception of your own future affects people around you so he shows them the fruit of the land so they come bearing these grapes on their shoulders representing the land of plenty that they were moving into and they gave this account to Moses we went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey and here's the fruit this is awesome here's good news God there's fruit, there's grapes, there's exciting things. But they don't stop there. They say, but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and they're very large. And we even saw some descendants of Anak there, which were like giant people. Like we saw some giants in the land. So we saw the grapes, that's the good news. We got some not so good news, there's some giants. And then in the middle of this exchange, the Bible says, Caleb silenced the people. Shh, shh, shh. Caleb said this before everybody. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And I love Caleb's heart, don't you? Everybody else is discussing everything about what it's going on and the grapes and the giants and there's how many percentage of the grapes that there are to the percentage of the giants and there's people from Anak's family there and there's all these things and Caleb's like, shh. Any parents in the house ever done that to your kids? Just shh. Quiet. Caleb just pipes up and says, you know what? I saw the same thing that you guys saw and I'm just going to cut to the chase. We need to go up and take possession of the land. And I love what he says. We can certainly do it. And that's what I want to preach today. Church, we can do it. 
We can do everything that God's called us to do. Could you say that with me? We can do it. One more time. Say it like you believe it. We can do it. What can we do? I'm about to show you what we can do. Are you ready for this? Let's pray first. Lord, would you speak to us today from your word? Thank you, God, that you have great plans for us in the future. Lord, you've been so faithful to us. Lord, and we just give us a Caleb spirit today where we see what you can do in and through our lives. Everybody said in Jesus' name. One more time, say, we can do it. Check this out. 201 Center Park Drive here in the Parkway Business Center. <laughs> Who would have thought that God would use a former DMV to turn a church that was meeting in a middle school into a family? It's exactly what happened. I'll never forget when we had the opportunity to move from West Valley Middle School of a church of about 60 or 70 people we had the opportunity to move here. I remember thinking, no, that's not going to work. Who is going to come to church in a former DMV? I'll never forget the first Sunday we moved here. We had 220 people that came to our 4,000 square foot space. I was amazed. For the first time, we had momentum. And I watched as God turned people into a team that went out to change the world. God has used the journey of City Hills Church to show me that church is not a building. Church is a people. It's not about the steeple. It's about people coming together to love God and love people, to get out of the four walls, to make a difference. What I've discovered is that a church building is not the field. It's just the locker room. Our world is the field where we're reaching and caring and loving and serving, and that's exactly what's happened at City Hills. From the first day we moved in, and we were packed out, and I'll never forget uh, early on when we moved to this place, uh, someone came to me and said, there are 14 babies in the nursery, and the nursery is about 10 foot by 10 foot, and uh, I knew we were out of space. So the church began to pray for more space for the next generation, and God opened up the door across the parking lot to be able to reach more kids and uh, the church continued to grow and more people continued to come and more people began to be sent out and more groups were meeting at homes and the church was alive. And about a year and a half ago, uh, we, we discovered we were really out of space. Over 600 people came to this place, 7,000 square feet on Easter Sunday. And we're amazed at what God has done and uh, we've never concerned ourselves with how to grow the church. We're working on how to grow people and God's taking care of building his church. And so we've been praying for God to open up more space so that we can continue to train more people. See, our team has grown. We need a bigger locker room to, to launch from, to make a difference from, to, to, to be a hub of ministry and serving and families and groups and the next generation and kids and young people. I'm so excited to share with you something that's been 16 months in the making. One phone call started a miracle in motion. I looked at it and thought, God, how could this be? It sounds too good to be true. How are we gonna be able to do it as a church, a young church? And um, God had just continued to exceed my expectations. We, Our trustees have been vetting it and looking through it. Our elders have been praying for us. Our staff team has been praying. And I'm so excited to let you see it today. And so why don't you go with me? I wanna show you today the future facility of City Hills Church. 
Let's go. Come on, somebody. It is literally on a hill. We are on a hill for all to see. Over 184,000 cars every single day pass by this facility. Just a seven minute drive down Interstate 40, right off Paper Mill exit. It's just absolutely amazing. Right now we have 7,000 feet. This is 67,000 feet. So come on, isn't that exciting? Tons of room for kids, tons of room for the next generation. It has all kinds of potential. We're so excited. Let's check it out. God's given us a huge locker room because he's building a team that's gonna shake this city for the cause of Christ. I feel like at Center Park Drive, God's given us this apartment that we've been able to lease as a family and our family has grown. Church now, God's given us the opportunity to have a home of our own with plenty of room for more people to be a part of the family reunion every single weekend. Imagine with me, the people that are gonna walk through these doors find hope kids that are going to come and hear about Jesus. Think about the students and young adults that are going to come. Think about the students from UT and Johnson University and Pellissippi that are going to come and find their purpose. And think about all the people that are going to be served. Think about what a serve day would look like that is launching from a place like this. Think about 21 days of prayer, people seeking God, 6 a.m. Think about Freedom Conference. Think about the main event, everybody, when we have room to invite every student from our schools to come and be a part. Church, dream with me. This is an exciting miracle in motion. We're just a little over three and a half years old, and look what God's doing. It's got to be because He wants to do something greater than our imagination. So I invite you, dream with me, come with us, grow with us. This facility also has a fully functioning sports complex with indoor soccer field and basketball courts and locker rooms and it's just absolutely amazing. And the crazy thing is, on a monthly basis, this is going to be cheaper than what we're spending currently at Center Park Drive. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I can't believe it. This is a miracle in motion. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you to see it. I'm so excited for you to join with us, to partner together. What could we do together to move forward, to see God change hearts and lives? Thank you, City Hills, for being such a generous church. Thank you for always saying yes and stepping up to the challenge, whatever God calls us to do. The exciting part is the best is yet to come.
Come on. Say it with me. We can do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I have been, that's what I wanted to tell everybody. I'm so excited about this. My heart is about to explode. I may sleep finally. I haven't slept in the last few days. But for the last week and a half, we've been under contract on this facility. And uh, I just want to say a huge shout out and thank you to our trustees, David Rhodes, Miss Suzette Lacey, Myron Mullins, and their team. Could you give them a hand? We're so thankful for our team. God has put an incredible team of people at City Hills, uh, even behind the scenes, that, that love you and love what God's doing here and are uh, helping us move into the future uh, with wisdom and strength. And, uh, and I just, I, I am so thankful for, uh, for their team and to get to uh, just be a part of what God's doing here is absolutely surreal uh, to me. And, and, and I want to just to communicate it as that, it's a miracle in motion. This is still under process. We are in our due diligence period, but we wholeheartedly felt that it was time to let you know about this. This has been 16 months in process and since the first time that I had the opportunity to walk through that facility and um, I just I thank God for our team I thank God for our our staff team I thank God for our elders and overseers and just together as we continue to move forward as a church we've we've known for a long time we are way out of space uh, and uh, we're thankful for the space that God continues to provide and for the last year we've been praying Lord um, what is that next space that you have for us uh, to, to be able to, I, I love that, I love the phraseology on the video, this is a locker room, this is not the field, the field is the world, the field are people that we need to love on and care for and do things like we saw yesterday, serving our city, that's the field, let's never confuse that it's about us coming together, this is us coming together so that we can make a difference, right, this is the family reunion where we come in and get encouraged so that we can go love and serve and care and our team has grown, and uh, we, we just knew, God, what's the next thing for us as a church family? And we're so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God has done here. Uh, it's absolute miracle to me what God has done in this, in this uh, former DMV with the leprosy floor here. And uh, it's a wonder this stage has not fallen in because I built it with my own hands. And uh, <laughs> that's probably the biggest miracle over the last four years of the church, right? But, um, but, but I just, I, I knew that uh, God had... A future, just like he did for the Israelites. God had a future, uh, and, and it was very important that we didn't just go off and jump into uh, the wrong thing, and that's why we have teams, and that's why we try to operate with wisdom and counsel, and for the last year, we've been praying, God, what's the next thing, and we've tried to expand here uh, where we are at Center Park Drive, and uh, that hasn't worked out, and then we've kind of uh, broadened our uh, area and tried to um, uh, put some letters of intent on some uh, different properties that are kind of in um, across different parts of the city and uh, for, with every one of those um, the door shut really fast and also with every one of those the um, on the the financial load of the church would significantly increase and um, and then and then just to get the empty spaces turned into a place where we can you know have church and student ministry and kids ministry and lights and air conditioning which are helpful right um it would it would take um you know 
over 800000 or a million dollars to, to just outfit these spaces that we were looking at. And, and the door would shut, and, and we were just, uh, there's been some times where I was really discouraged, saying, Lord, what, what is next for us? Because I know we're called to move forward because we have a great commission. That's You called us to go into all the world and to, and to reach and to care for and love. And, and Lord, help us to do that. And, and then in the process of all that, God has just brought this property to us and the fused church that uh, now occupies it felt led to sell that and uh, we felt led to that that's where God's calling us to go and uh, we're, we're just really really excited about it and and not only is it something that we can call our own that we can be there a long, long time and not only is it right in the just the heart of the areas that we feel like it's it's we feel like the Lord has called us to impact as a church and it's close to the University of Tennessee there's so many things it's kind of at the crossroads of of our city that um, that it, it's a place where we can uh, we can just continue to make that a home base and to, has so much potential to grow into and um, it, 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 it has been uh, it's, it's going to not be a significant load it's going to be I believe and their trustees believe it's going to be a blessing it's going to be something where we're going to be able to be there for uh, for less than what we are here at the 7,000 square feet which is just absolutely a, a God thing that we are we're so thankful for uh, but the thing we wanted to communicate today is that uh, we're, we're on our way. It's a miracle in motion, but there's still a gap that um, because of your generosity, we've been able to, as a church, uh, save over $200,000 toward this project. But we have a gap of about 400000 that we're believing God uh, to provide so that we can move into this miracle and be able to move forward as a church family and have this home that we can welcome our city into and that we can launch from. And uh, we, we uh, on March the 10th, uh, we're going to have a miracle offering Sunday. And our prayer is that you would just pray and obey whatever God tells you to do. That's how we've built City Hills to this place, uh, to, to this point as a church. We uh, just say, you go to God and ask the Lord, God, what would you have me and my family to do to be part of this? And then you just obey whatever God tells you to do. And I just believe this. I believe if every one of us do what God's called us to do, I believe what that $400,000 gap, we're going to look back and laugh at because how much God exceeded the need. Because when we all do what God's called us to do together, we're, th th we can continue to move forward into the future that God has for us. Amen? So, so, so pray and obey. March the 10th. Mark it down, God. What would you have my family be a part of? And my encouragement to you, listen, be sacrificial. This is a, uh, I believe this is kind of an all-in uh, opportunity. When Karen and I moved here, it was an all-in moment for our family. It was a moment where we uh, pushed all the chips to the middle of the table. Uh, and we said, God, we are all in. God, this is all whatever you want to do. And God has been so faithful. And I'll say this. I've never regretted a season of my life when I went all in with God. Never. It's those seasons that have made me who I am today. It's those seasons who put uh, you all in my life. And it's those seasons that the greatest joys in my life are, are not from the moments when I played it safe. Every time I've played it safe, I've regretted those times. But any time that I trusted God and went all in with God, I've seen God do miracles, and I just believe I've, we've seen Him move, and we're going to see Him move again, just like the song that we've been singing today. So March the 10th, mark it down one month from today, we're going to see God 
do a miracle in the life of the church and we invite you to be a part of it from doesn't matter where you where, where who like what your age is maybe uh, you're a middle schooler here or maybe you're an elder in in the church whatever you wherever you are let's all participate in this let's all do something sacrificial and i just believe we're going to see god do a miracle in our world and the question i have for you today is what do you see that's the question that's the question that God had for these spies that, that went and saw the land. See, guys, we're getting to see a little bit of land that we don't yet possess, but we feel like God's leading us and God's giving it to us. But I guess the question is, what do you see? Are we going to be like the ten spies that see the problems? Or are we going to be like Caleb and Joshua that, yes, we see the problems, but we see the promise greater than the problems? We see that God's going to be God's going to be glorified in the impossibilities that we see around us. And so I want to give you two things today if we're going to get the right vision about where we are as a church and I want I think this is going to be something that helps all of us individually because along the way we all face these moments where God's calling us to something greater but we're looking at the reality that's in front of us and we wonder God how's it going to be? Here's the first thing that we need to look beyond the giants and see the grapes in the land. You see there's two things in the land. There's all there's giants and there's grapes. The ten spies, they chose to focus on the giants. Joshua and Caleb chose to focus on the grapes. In other words, they chose to focus on the promise. And as a matter of fact, they brought the grapes with them. That they brought them with them, and they could have tasted the grapes and been reminded that there's more grapes, but rather they chose, instead of tasting the grapes, they chose to remember the giants. Can I tell you, the giant's always bigger in your mind than it is in reality. See, it wasn't a giant standing there next to them. They just were remembering the giant. They were remembering the giant. What were they doing? They were processing their future through the pain of their past. They were seeing the giant in their mind that was bigger than what the reality was, and they had the grapes right there next to them. See, what they should have done is ate a grape and remembered the promise. They should have looked around and thanked God for how faithful he had already been. And it would have gave them faith to step into their future. Can I ask you a question today, third service? When has God ever failed you? It's a hard question. We've walked through difficult times. Some of us have had incredible losses. But on the other side, has God ever not provided for you? Has God ever been unfaithful to you? Whenever I think about the question... I think about times in my life where immediately I thought in the moment, God, you have failed me. But then whenever I look at it from the long view, I say, no, God, you were faithful. You were unfailing. You've never failed me. You've always been faithful. God has always been faithful every step of the way. God has never not provided for us, and he's provided grapes. See, this church is full of grapes. In other words testimonies of life change. What's the grapes that God has for the future? It's lives that are touched and changed by the power of God. Every baptism that we see, what's that? That's a grape of God touching a heart and a life. These students that are on fire for God sitting on the front row. Is this not awesome that they come in and sit on the front row? They're not in the back row. They're not trying to leave. They're here on the front row. What is that? That's grapes. And can I tell you, there's more of that to come in God's future for this church. That there's a generation of world changers, a movement of students that are making a difference. And we got some grapes now. Let's, let's thank God for them and let's look forward to the future. Let's not focus on the grapes, on, on the giants. 
let's remember the grapes. And let's, let, let's, get a, let's get a fight in our spirit for the giants. I think one of the mistakes that we, uh, we, we, we make along the way as believers is we assume if God wants me to have something, I won't have to fight for it. It's like K sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Whatever happens is the will of God, and whatever is the will of God is whatever happens. That's kind of how we think along the way. But God, in this story with the Israelites, shows us this reality that He presents them with an opportunity, then He asks them a question, what do you see? In other words, you're going to have to see beyond what the reality is, and you're going to have to fight if you're going to experience the promise that God has for your life. In other words, there's got to be a fight in you. Some people think that it's just, uh, just because there's grapes in your future... They think, well, that means I'm not going to have to fight for those grapes in my future. I want you to know there are grapes in our future. There are great promises in our future, but there's going to be some fight. There's going to be some sacrifice along the way because God's teaching us his character and his goodness in the middle of the process. God said, hey, here's the giant. You say, well, that sounds like, man, how are we going to be able to, how are we going to be able to raise that money? I'll tell you how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by focusing on the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. What do we do? We're focusing on the graves, not the giant, and we're going to see God do miracles in our lives. So let's focus on the graves. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, another time in scripture where territory was being taken for the kingdom of God. Jerusalem had fallen, and Nehemiah had a burden to rebuild. Nehemiah had a burden to rebuild something that had been broken down in his world. And here's what he says to his people. Don't be afraid of them. For remember, the Lord is great and awesome. What was he saying? Don't look at the giants. Look at the grapes. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of what's in front of you. Don't be afraid of what's, what, what's ahead. That the Lord, who's great and awesome, is, he's with you. In other words, look at the grapes. And then, this is what he said. I love it. Fight for your family. Fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your homes. What was he saying? That I want you to get a vision in your life that's more than just about yourself. In other words, the fight that you're fighting is probably not even for you. Here's the reality. You don't need another seat here at City Hills. You got you a seat, right? Look around you. You got a seat. Like there's, but you, you got a seat. I don't need more space to preach. Like just give me a three-foot circle and I'll preach. I'll use this pulpit and I'll preach. I don't need more room. But you know who does need more room to come into this place? Addicts that are broken in our city. Marriages that are about to be destroyed in our city. Students that have no hope in our city. We have a student, we have a world full of people that need hope in the building, the, re the resources the next steps, it's not even for us as a matter of fact it may even be inconvenient for us maybe more a little bit more down the road maybe some sacrificial giving you may, have to, you may have to walk a little further from your parking spot you know like you may have to do all those things and if we don't watch it we'll just be a church all about us and you know we'll forget that somebody made a seat for us so that we can come here I'll never forget a man came from Indiana and visited our small little church plant at West Valley Middle School the first time he had ever been there and we were casting vision to come here and this man came in and at the end of service um, I met him and didn't really think much about it was a very nice man and the next day he called the church office and which was my cell phone <laughs> city hills church how can i help you i said oh pastor brandon i didn't know i would i would I'd talk to you i'd say oh well the secretary's not in today so <laughs> he said i felt yesterday that i was supposed to give five thousand dollars to this project to move the church from the school to center park drive 
He said, is there anything that you could, you, you, that you've had on your heart to buy for $5,000 that you can't afford? And I said, yes, all we have is folding chairs. They're mismatched. We would love to have seats that matched and that were comfy. And the seats you're sitting on right now were paid for by a man who doesn't even go to this church, but sacrifice so that you could sit where you do today. Church, it's not about us. It's not about us. Man, I should have said that in the other services. That was really good. Okay, we'll stream this one. So you made it, third service. You're on the podcast. What were the 10 spies doing? They were saying, hey, this is all about me. It's going to hurt me. I can't do it. I don't want to fight. Church, God, help us if we don't get a fight in us for somebody else. These people were, these people were representing a million people. Do you know how many people you influence? Who could be touched because of your fight for God and your step out in faith? Who could be touched? You may be influencing millions and don't even know it. And these ten, they chose to influence their, their, their tribes in the negative way. And Joshua and Caleb says, wait a second, I saw the same thing you saw, and I'm tired of arguing about it. Here's what I believe. God is able, and so are we. So here's the second thing. Look beyond your inability and see your identity. Look beyond your inability and see your identity. It says, but the men who had gone up with them said, he can't attack those people. We can't attack those people because they're stronger than we are. Can I say something? Who told you that the devil was stronger than you? Who told you that the giant was stronger than you? Who told you that you didn't have the ability to step into the destiny that God had for your life? Who told you that they were stronger than you? I'll tell you who did. The enemy did. Because he doesn't want you to possess the promise. But Joshua and Caleb, they had a different reality. They said, it's yes, we're unable in our strength, but through the power of God, we can do it. Can you say that with me? We can do it. We can do it. I love their spirit. He said, the land we explored, it devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were great size. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. In other words, we feel insignificant in our own eyes. And watch how they project their view of themselves on others. And so we look the same to them. I'm nobody. They think I'm nobody. When you read the story of what really happened, the whole land was quaking, terrified, because they heard the people that had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground was coming into their territory. Do you know what? The devil, he knows he is an, uh, he's, he knows you're no match for him. So what does he do? He calls it, he knows he can't defeat you, but if you can get if he can get in your mind, you'll defeat yourself. And they started talking. They started spreading negative words among each other can i tell you this you can talk yourself out of your own destiny if you don't watch it you can speak words that will tear down generations 
And too many times we just repeat what we feel. We repeat our own inability instead of repeating our own identity in Christ. And so Joshua, if you fast forward into his future, these ten spies, they never possessed the promised land. They actually died wandering in a rut in the wilderness. However, Joshua and Caleb did possess the promised land because they saw it and God let them have it. And when Joshua was possessing the promised land, he told the people one thing, keep your mouth shut. They were walking around the city of Jericho. God told them to walk around so many times, so many days. And then Joshua added the instruction, keep your mouth shut while you do it. Why? Because he had watched a million people be talked out of their destiny by ten wrong spies. Church, we can do it. You can do everything God's called you to do. The mountain is not too big for your God. Joshua and Caleb possessed the land. And they were remembered forever. I was reading this story. How many, how many knows somebody named Sh- Sh- Shemua? Anybody know anybody named Shemua? Anybody known anybody, know anybody named Sh- Shaphat? Shaphat? Anybody know any Shaphats in the house? What about uh, Igal? Igal? Anybody know any Igals? What about Hoshea's? Hoshea's. What about, what about Palti, son of Raphael? Anybody know anybody like that? What about Gideel? Anybody know at a Shether? Shether? What about a Nahabi? Anybody know a Nahabi or a Gil Girul, son of Meki? Anybody know anybody like that? Anybody have have a best friend Gil, son of Malki? Can I ask you a question? How many know somebody named Caleb? I got a stepbrother named Caleb. Anybody know anybody named Joshua? Let me tell you the only difference is because they had the right vision about their future. Nobody names, nobody, nobody names somebody after someone who didn't step into their future with hope. Church, it's not too big for our God. I came to tell you three things today that the grapes are reachable. God has great things in store for City Hills Church. The grapes, they're reachable. The impact, it's reachable. We're going to see more people impacted for the cause of Christ than we've ever seen before. We're part of a movement of God. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than our team. It's, it's a God-sized movement of what God's doing. And I just say glory to God. The grapes are reachable. We're going to see kids come to God. We're going to see young people come to God. We're going to see people sent out for the glory of God. We're going to see small groups and life change and freedom. And I want to tell you, not only are the grapes reachable, the giants, they're defeatable. Are there giants? Sure, there's giants. But I want to tell you, with the power of God, they're absolutely defeatable. And here's the third thing I want to tell you. We're not grasshoppers. We're giants. We're not grasshoppers. I don't care what the devil says about you. You're not a grasshopper. If you'll do what God's called you to do, I promise you'll see God move mountains. You're not a grasshopper. That's what the devil lies to you about. You're a giant in the land because of your God. So here's my challenge to you today. Church, let's go all in. Let's go all in. Push all the chips to the table and say, God, whatever you want to do in and through my life, this is a watershed moment in the life of our church. And when I say that, I don't mean the life of our church as in our 501c3 organization that the government recognizes is getting a new building. That's not what I mean. I mean the church people 
This church is not a building, it's people. So if God is taking us to a new place, that means he's wanting to take you to a new place. We are the church. This church is us. We are this people. We are the church. So I invite you to take a step of faith and ownership and say, God, I'm stepping into a future. See what God wants to do with his house, he wants to do with your house. So are you ready to go all in and to say, God, I've seen you move mountains. I believe I'm going to see you do it again. Jesus, give us the spirit of Caleb and Joshua. Lord, that when we look at what's ahead of us as a church, we focus not on the giants, on the grapes, but we speak words of faith. Lord, we hear your voice, your, our identity, not just our own inability. Lord, we step into what you have for us as a church family. Lord, we promise we will give you all the glory. Father, I bow my knee to you today and say, Lord, you're the leader of this church. Do what you want to with us. We are a miracle in motion. And we thank you that great things are ahead. Lord, have your way. Guide us. Holy Spirit, speak to us about what it looks like. We're not raising money. It's not what we're doing. God, we're hearing your voice and we're being obedient. God, fully expecting that there's going to be above and beyond blessings. Fully expecting, God, that we're going to know you more. God, these are the moments to be remembered. God, make our names like the names of Joshua and Caleb. Legacies of faith for a family that we may never know in our future generations if the Lord tarries.